Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years experience in the markets. How are you everyone? The podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're looking at Pfizer, Etsy and Rolls-Royce. First things first though, Henry, how's your week been? Uh, my week has been very, very um, annoying, if, I, if I'm being honest. Um, took a trade on a nice four-hour trade on the likes of the Nasdaq, and literally got triggered out yesterday because it was a, a CFD. I didn't, I didn't jump on the ETF, so I got triggered out on that. So, which was a little bit annoying. So, we why is, would US- you have gone CFD there? Um, see, the idea is is that I'm looking for risk to reward. So every uh, anyone who's been listening to the podcast, um, I'm always looking for a one percent uh, risk and then a three percent return. So uh, and that see if these give me that. Whereas if I'm buying the actually underlying asset, it could take years and years for me to get to a one to one. Um, so if I'm risking a hundred quid to return a hundred quid, or if I'm risking a thousand to return a thousand. So the idea is to get in at support and resistance levels. If you look at the four hour, we had a really, really nice trend line on it. We had a nice horizontal level, a nice price action bar, met all my rules, took it, and then got stopped out. So it's not the end of the world, but it means that it was a 1% loss for me. Um, that just shows you that you know nothing's guaranteed in this world and so that's the whole point of the risk reward ratios that not everything's going to be a winner. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and we're we're going to talk a little bit later on about Zoom. So um, it's it's one of these ones that you get stopped out of some trades, and then other trades are are wicked trades and continue going. Um, but we'll, we'll, we can talk about those a little bit later on. Okay, well, let's crack on with topic one then, which is Pfizer. I'm sure everyone knows that this is all about the pharmaceutical company trying to win the race um, for the COVID-19 vaccine. There's other players in the market, but there's been some good news for Pfizer over the last week. And so, uh, so what's happened and how's that affected its stock price? Yes, look, Pfizer have come out and said that um, they could have the vaccine out and ready by sort of late November. Now, this has seen a 10% jump on the, on the back of this, and this was, on, this was on Friday. So it's been a couple of days since that has happened. So we've had a pretty big jump because of that. We, it was picked up by mainstream um, news articles, stuff like that there. So people have now jumped in on board on top of the market to see if they can have a, a little rally on the likes of this. I mentioned that there's other players in the kind of the space, such as AstraZeneca being one of them who we mentioned a few months ago now on the podcast. So they obviously bought the vaccine off Oxford University. And I presume that this Pfizer news has a negative effect on the share price of AstraZeneca. It's kind of a, well, a winner-takes-all situation, is it? Well, you say that, but not, not massively, because you think how many people are in the world. There is room for everyone in this market absolutely everyone because everyone has has picked different companies to to supply them with um with the likes of the vaccine and with the likes of astrazeneca which we talked about in the podcast about three or four months ago they're actually down about five percent since um we last talked about them but they seem to be second in the race they seem to be um very close behind pfizer now i I don't know where anyone saw the bbc um, news what was that i think it was last week whereas in the likes of russia they've come out 
out and uh, said that the Oxford um, University um, vaccine turns people into monkeys and their tests have, have gone really, really badly. Is that a Mail Online headline, that? <laughs> Surely not the BBC. That was, that was on live on BBC, yeah. So um, the, the, the Russians have, have released some sort of fake news about it. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, if it's, if it's lies, it was lies on BBC. But, yeah, it, there's actually, there's, it, it was a big, big story about it and it was on BBC. So the, the, the thing about it is, is that if... Pfizer come out first. They have they have hit the ground running. They have they are going to get orders from everywhere now. If AstraZeneca come in a little bit later into the market, then they will pick up any slack that Pfizer can't. You know what I mean? Because unfortunately, as good a, a company as Pfizer are, they're not going to be able to supply everyone with it. Which means then, if AstraZeneca come in and the test results are good and and the, the everything works out and it's there's no side effects of this, then yeah, there's room for everyone in this in the market. You would hope that they would actually share some of kind of the the research and findings of what makes theirs, you know, actually working with some of these other companies. Just to, as you say, if they can't take the the load or the the demand themselves, that others other competitors, you know, may, might not be competitors uh, in this situation. Um, but anyway, I, I, you know, with any drugs, the biggest thing is going to be approvals from the correct authorities. And so is that something Pfizer have already done or is that something they're still looking at? So uh, there's no manufacturer outside of Russia or China that has been granted regulatory approval of the vaccine anywhere in the world. Now, so this makes Pfizer the sort of the front runner. They have received emergency authorization from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, which is the FDA. Now, Pfizer will be submitting safety data at least halfway into the trial for the participants to outline how they've reacted over the last couple of months. Um, also, the EMA, which is the European Medical Agency, are, are reviewing it as well. So what they do is they get the data from the beginning of the trial, and then they start getting the data as the trial continues. So which means then when you're halfway into the trial, they have already done half of the data. They've already been analyzing the data and actually worked out whether this is, whether this is something that could be done or whether, whether it's, it's not right. And this is huge and pivotal because at the minute these companies are under so much pressure to get a vaccine out to the world and with the current crisis is it's huge and if and if they can get it passed and the COVID-19 vaccine comes out and you know I mean the potential mechanisms that to administer them are, are there as well you know I mean there's, there's huge there's huge ramifications for this whether it's Pfizer whether it's um, AstraZeneca whether whoever it is but as we say, is there's there's no one outside of Russia or China who have who have got it approved yet, and AstraZeneca literally have got emergency backing from the FDA and the EMA at the present moment. But it's not been signed as of yet. They haven't got to go ahead. They are still in the middle of the trials, and it. But from the what's been released by the like of Pfizer, the trials are very promising at the minute. Wait, you switched from AstraZeneca to Pfizer there. Which one was it? No, I was talking about both of them. Okay. Um, yeah, because because the two of them we talked about earlier on, where it is, it's number one and number two in the race. So we're obviously looking at um, Pfizer being on a bit of an upward trend at the moment off the back of this news. Still plenty of opportunity for there to be downside. And so how do you weigh that up? Oh, look, there's there's huge potential for downside in this. Um, if we look at this, as the, if they do not get the FDA or the EMA approval, you know what I mean? There, there's, there's lots 
of lots of downside in this, but we'll just talk about the upside first is that if this happens and they get the approval, then this is something that is, will, will skyrocket. And it's the same with any of them, whether it's Pfizer, whether it's Astra, whether it's any of them, it makes no difference. We're, we're going to have a, a massive run on the likes of these. And with the size of these, they will probably drag the likes of the, the markets with them, the indexes is with them as well, because they're, they're huge companies. Now, if for any reason that, that they fail in this, just to put this in the context, is Trump has given Pfizer two billion to develop the vaccine for their R and D. You know what I mean? So there's an awful lot of money has been has been pumped into the likes of this. So if we see that the, the trial is, is, hasn't gone very well and that um, the the market. The FDA didn't approve it or the EMA didn't approve it, then we probably see a big dump on the stock because we have a lot of people now have jumped into um, the likes of these pharmaceuticals with the expectation that they will find the virus or they will find the cure for this virus. And it's literally a matter of, of have you picked the correct one at the present moment? Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Etsy. So this is an American e-commerce website which uh, focuses on handmade or vintage items and craft supplies. So it's almost like a, uh, I guess, eBay would be a competitor, would you say? But it's it's eBay, but it's it's more handcraft. It's more knitting. It's more materials. It's more stuff like that there, rather than rather than the the, the typical likes of camera phones and TVs and stuff like that. So it's probably similar and it is and it has now grown over the last year so we we see more of that stuff on it but it was more vintage traditional and clothing sort of uh when it's at the beginning of the year but it has it has grown because of it yes and now you you talk about it having grown over the last year and uh one of the things that people are kind of suggesting is one of the kind of the main reasons is off the back of the fact that people and Americans in particular are now having to wear face masks and the fabric which is being used actually coming from Etsy is that is that what you've heard Yeah but that yeah that's it that is is um as we know uh, let me let April- me re- let me redo that question Okay, so yeah, go on. Um, you mentioned about its performance having grown over the last year. One of the main reasons what people are suggesting is this is off the back of kind of public health officials encouraging Americans and people in other countries as well to wear fabric face masks. Is that a big enough driver to have um, created this demand of uh, Etsy shares? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, what happened is you have the, the company witness a tremendous surge of demand in the, in the handmade artisan face masks. So it, it's not coming now from medical background. It's coming from people who have material. They're literally cutting material up, putting to an elastic on both sides of it, and now selling this. Um, I was in I was in the the chemist the other day, and I bought a packet of three materials for what was it six pounds, and then it was out for twelve or ten quid. So there's a huge demand for the likes of this now. Etsy sold about. 133 million pounds worth of fabric face masks about 12 wow. million of them was in was in the month of april okay in one month 12, alone wow 12 million of them was selling in, in the month of april so that is that is huge and that is just from face masks okay now yeah it's almost like people are now seeing them as a bit of a fashion accessory as well so you can't just have the surgical face mask you want to have the kind of the patterned one or the branded one yeah, but Dylan, it's now come to that if you have a handbag, you get the you get a you get yeah, the, you, you get the face mask to match your handbag or your 
shoes. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't have a white outfit and then be wearing a green mask. <laughs> I heard Gok Kwon talking about how he accessorizes his face mark with uh, some of his, the outfits. So uh, it definitely is one of those must-have items now to have the trendy but face the, mask. The good thing about this, it's not only face masks. It's, is if we look at it, they have 3.1 million active artisan sellers, okay? Now 60 million active buyers who have made at least one purchase in the last 12 months. Now, masks have been bought by many new customers on the website, but they've also used turns and bought other transactions in other areas. So they've had that second transaction. Now, more than 110,000 sellers have sold at least one coronavirus mask, pulling in 346 million in gross merchandising sales since April. That's a lot of different sellers selling the same effect of you know the same product yeah but but you look at that but it's a, uh, just read that figure out again 346 million merchandiser was sold since april that is that is a phenomenal amount of money on face masks now if we look a little bit to one side of that there you're going well or have they got their finger just in one pie that non-mask sales grew 93 percent in q2 the, uh, 2020 so it's driving the people are also going into other things there you know i mean they've seen a hundred percent growth year on year in hardware and home furnishings so beauty products personal skin care um and this top six categories uh, account over 75 percent of all sales on the platform so they have they are growing massively over this period of time revenue for the quarter was up 137 percent to 429 million um, which is huge. Um, net increase rose was 429% year on year, which is uh, uh, where they recorded 96 million. So the company has done extremely well. Now, one of the big things with the likes of Itzy was is that it's a little bit clunky. It's a little bit hard to sort of use compared to the likes of the Amazons, the Ebays of this world. So what they've actually done is they've optimized their search engine. So now when you go on to the search engine, it will actually save the last thing that you've searched. So they've, they've done a few things. They've streamlined their, their, actually, um, their, their platform and they've actually made it easier for people to save their favorite artists. So if you're someone who is, is, is a designer for some sort of product and you like that, you can actually save them now on your favorites and you can go back to them very, very quickly rather than actually having to search them again, refine them, try find what they have. So they have made their, their website much more user-friendly, which is also added to what's, what's after happening. So how would you go about analyzing this particular company as whether it's a, a good investment or not? Like what are the key creden credentials that you're looking for? Well, look, it, it, with any company, it comes down to revenue. Literally, it comes down to revenue. So what we have to do is we have to look and see is, is the revenue going to continue or have we seen this peak? Have we seen this uh, hit, the, hit the ceiling? Now, if I had said to you that over, over the last six to eight months that all that this company was selling was face masks, then you would think, okay, how much, how much longevity does this have? Is this the top of it? Is this the peak? Is this the maximum that this company is going to grow? But now we've seen that sales outside of face masks have grown 93%, which is giving you the idea that yes, they're more, they have other arrows in their quiver. You know what I mean? So they, they have other strings to their bow and that's, and that's something that we have to look for. And now second thing we have to look for is we have to look at, is there a second lockdown coming? 
and I can't see us not going into a second lockdown. You have yeah. you have Ireland has uh, Ireland has gone into a level five lockdown at the minute. Um, so it, it's where there there are two levels ahead of us at the present moment. You have other parts of the world also going into second lockdowns or or um, provisional green light systems, and that potentially tells us that once we come out of there again, we will have to go and buy more products again. Um, and then I suppose the last one then is, is making sure that technical analysis is correct. Now, if we look at the chart, we have had a huge run on this. So this has, this has, has gone from strength to strength over the last six to eight months. Now, it's in a massive phase one at the present moment. So anyone who's done any of my courses or followed the, the podcast here, I never recommend to buy when you're in a phase one. So what we need to do is have some sort of a phase two. And from looking at the chart, there is a horizontal level at $139. And if it comes back to that, this looks like a potential entry level if you're looking to, if you're looking to buy. Or you also have a trend line. So from the beginning of the year, if you get a trend line underneath that trend, there's also a potential entry at that trend line. So it depends on which one it comes back to, whether it's a horizontal line or it's a trend line but there's potential entries there if you think that this fundamentally is a good company. And then when fundamentals and technical analysis come together, you generally have a win-win situation. Okay, well, let's go to our third topic then, which is Rolls-Royce. Now, obviously, the name's pretty familiar with most people, but people, but investors need to note that the company that's actually listed on the FTSE isn't the luxury car maker because that's obviously owned now by Germany's BMW, but it's in fact the engineer, the kind of the company that makes engines for aircrafts. Yeah, that, that's, that's a big... That, that's I think a lot of people might make that mistake. Yeah, most people do. It's like, they go, oh, the car company. And then, no, it's their, their, biggest, their biggest entry industry is engines for airplanes. Uh, so the car company has obviously been struggling over the last year, um, and we've seen it hit the news recently with a 149% jump. That's a huge, huge jump for a company that I thought was almost going into liquidation at one point. So why was that? Well, whether it was going into liquidation is that's a that's a that's a that's a bold statement. But um, yeah, Rolls Royce has been under massive pressure, and the firm needs liquidity fast. It was one of the things that they had to do. So in the sector which is underperforming, the the new shares have been offered at existing investors at thirty two p which was a steeply discounter from the price of 104 um, when the news broke. Now, this seems to be a low price to encourage, you know what I mean, people to take up large takings to ensure that they can raise much-needed funds. Now, this means that there's a big uptake. On it. You've, so we've seen a massive jump on, the, on the, the likes of the stock prices because of this. And, but it wasn't only because of this why the, the, the stock price jumped is, it also benefited from the news that Heathrow uh, are trialing new COVID-19 passport. It is essentially an app that holds a certificate for COVID-19 testing and allows you to travel without quarantine. Now, and you know what I mean? That this wasn't good enough. Also, in the same week, it came out that uh, the UK government were considering a two billion investment in a mini nuclear reactor. Now, Rolls Royce has an experience in building similar plants. Now, given that the firm already have close ties with the government, it's logical to think that they would have some sort of work in the contracting of of, of this. Um, and 
they, this, the likes of these governments are government contracts are massively profitable. And hence, with the three different areas, um, Rolls Royce has jumped 159% in, in a couple of days. UK government, did you say, are looking to build a mini reactor? Yeah. Where, really? Where, where would that be based? And uh, yeah, what exactly is it for? Look, I, I didn't go into I didn't go into much detail of where where is it where was it based. But if you if you look into it a little bit, that there is the the idea is is that the governments are looking to get into a little more into renewable energy. Okay, so we talked about it last week about Solar's Edge, about nuclear or or, or um, getting down your carbon footprint stuff like that there. And this is one of the things that they're looking at. So the UK governments have put around one point five billion to two billion uh, and for companies to to actually to get into it now what they've done they've had a consortium of about 10 companies rolls rice is one of them and actually asked them to come together and get some money of about the same amount of money so they're looking for about four billion now to get together to actually get this off the ball off the ground get it up and rolling so it's something that has happened now but this is not the the, the government's first in steps into nuclear reactors and, and nuclear energy. Uh, the UK had a focus in 2010, led by their government's approval of the construction of the new 3.2 gigawatt electric nuclear plants in Hinkley Pines in Somerset um, by energy companies EDF and CGN in 2016. So this is, this is not their first, their first steps into this. If we, if we look around, um, there's about 100 mini reactors around the world. So I know when you talk about nuclear reactors, people then just automatically think of horror stories, what's after happening. But the idea of this is, is to bring down carbon footprint, get renewable energy, and actually make the, the world a better place. So, But if things go wrong, yes, then they go catastrophically wrong. But as a, as a general rule, there, these, are, these are quite profitable. They're quite... Um, user-friendly and it is something that the governments are, are looking into at the present moment in time which is very beneficial for Rolls-Royce. When, when you say nuclear reactors I think instantly of Homer Simpson with the nuclear power plant in Springfield <laughs> and Mr Burns. <laughs> a slightly different wavelength there. <laughs> but, um, okay so it's, it's a, a renewable energy reactor rather than um, kind of the yeah the the not so good for the environment type yeah so when you when you hear the word reactor people generally just think nuclear don't they yeah for for sure um with etsy you, you talked about how you would analyze it by just making sure that not all of its sales are through the um through the face mask but what we're talking about here with um with rolls royce are these bigger long-term projects with i guess a lot of ifs, buts, and maybes about them, you know, with their core business being engines and the aviation industry being on a standstill at the moment, I would say that's a, that's a worry for me. And it would be, as a new investor, it would be quite hard to determine whether these nuclear investors, sorry, not nuclear, uh, renewable reactors are a good thing or bad thing for Rolls-Royce because it's such a long-term play. So how, how do you make that decision? But the thing about it is that you sort of have to put all some of its parts together. So um, we talk about um, the aviation part. So you have Heathrow there have come out with their, the new IABRAB um, trial on viral testing device. Now, if that comes together, it gets the results in 30 seconds. Now, 
it's it, you put it under a homographic microscope and then you actually see whether it's someone has tested positive for the disease or not. Now there's two other ways they're actually also testing is GMMIC and Miogenic. They're the two places things that they're actually using as well. And that gives you a, an answer between 30 seconds and 10 minutes. So you have that sort of leg. It means then that people don't have to quarantine, which means then it gets aviation up and running. So that's their bread and butter. Now, once our bread and butter is up and running, then you can then start looking into the rest of it because if aviation takes off and if, say, the trials here work in the likes of um, the likes of Heathrow, it's, it's, it's very, very similar to what Pfizer are doing. They're, they're in trials, clinical trials. If they work, then this can be rolled out across the world globally, across the whole UK, which means then that people can actually travel without having that quarantine again. And that then gets the Rolls-Royce stocks start moving. Why? Because planes are starting to move. Companies have money to go. Then you start looking into what, what side incomes do they have? Okay, what, what side hustles have they? And the, 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 the reactor, the mini reactor is, is sort of a side hustle. Now, when I say side hustle, it's a very profitable side hustle. Now, this may take a couple of years to come to fruition but the idea is you're you're investing in the stock one that its bread and butter is going to be sorted out and then two that the likes of the other contracts that they're, they're coming up with also adds to it and and then thirdly then you're looking at the chart it's been in a downward trend for the last year maybe two years so the thing about it is has this got room to the upside? As we saw just on the back of those three bits of news, 149% of a jump, okay? Now, by any investor's returns on investment, that is a pretty decent jump on, on someone who's buying the underlying asset because generally it takes years and years for a company to do 100% or 150%, whereas Rolls-Royce, because it's so cheap, it has gone and done that over three or four days. So you then have to look at it as, this is a long-term play, but if we get some news like this, I can double, quadruple my money very, very quickly. But you could be sitting on your, your trade for months. It's like, for instance, we talked about AML, what was it, about six months ago now? And at the present moment, AML, my position is down, is down 20% on it, okay? Um, but I'm still holding on to that long-term because I still believe that the company will turn around. Now, I'm not buying in any more positions, but the idea is that this is a long-term play and Rolls-Royce would fall into that, that you're looking at it. There is massive value there if it can get its bread and butter sorted out and then likes to bring in other revenue streams. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast and the three topics that we chose today. Looking at what people have been trading on the eToro platform, you, we've mentioned one of them already, Pfizer being in the top three most traded assets. Interestingly, the other two are Zoom and the Crypto Stellar. Why would that be? Yeah, so you had you had falsely you had Zoom, you had Stella, and you had Pfizer. Look, it, it's it, there's no there's no coincidence that uh, Pfizer's been in there because of the news that's been happening over the last week. We had falsely in there because falsely has had a massive drop over the last three or four days, and once once stocks start to move, we see we do see a, a massive spike in people trading it. So falsely is coming back to a nice horizontal level at seventy three point four zero. So that will be we've a really strong Strong level there, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when it gets there. And um, we we'll go back to one of the one of the 
the topics we talked about last month, which was Zoom. Um, I know we mentioned at the very start of the podcast, but we talked about Zoom. And on the on the day of the podcast, I took Zoom at what was it, three hundred and sixty dollars. That was the price I entered in. It, it's now up 57% from that actually from the podcast. So anyone who's got in on that, uh, well done. And um, there is, we do expect more room for this to grow because everyone is still stuck at home. Everyone is still doing what they're, what they're doing. And the likes of the, the uptake on the likes of Zoom and any other video conferencing has, has gone on from well. And then the last big mover was Stella. Now Stella had a big retracement over the last over the last month. Okay, so to mid September it has been coming down nicely. So we've had a nice phase one, and now it's in a phase two, and now we had a nice level at zero point zero seven zero zero where we had a nice level, and it, the the phase one started. So we are very very early in this phase one. So we could see a nice little uh, rally on the likes of this crypto at this present moment. So it's trending really, really nicely. So um, that's probably why we've seen the, the big jump because it's come down to that horizontal level. It's now taken off early phase one. And let's see if this is the beginning of a new bull run on this crypto and see if it actually takes out and makes a new higher high. If, if that happens, there'll be a nice little return on investment, anyone who jumps in there. But um, only time will tell what's going to happen next, whether it's going to uh, continue dropping and or whether it's going to continue and in a new bull run. Yeah, just just kind of going back to some of those, you know, Zoom is doing very well over this lockdown period. I've noticed a lot of competitors, though, upping their own marketing and market share. You know, I'm getting more Microsoft Teams invites through these days rather than originally it was just only Zoom. Um, so they'll be interested to see how that plays out. And then with Stellar, you know, what kind of a lesser known crypto, I would say, um, doesn't get too many headlines, which is why it's interesting that it's become a popular choice for investors this week. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's but, it's about diversifying your portfolio. It's like it's it's it, it's a lot of people look at Bitcoin, and and Bitcoin, as last time I looked at it, was about eleven thousand. Whereas it's creeping people, up to twelve Bitcoin. Yes, it's nearly about twelve thousand. So a lot of people and a lot of a lot of companies, you have to have that full twelve thousand to go and buy that crypto asset. So then you you can't you can't trade it with. I know with the likes of Etoro, you can buy partial parts of it, and um, but you have to go and buy the physical. So that means then some of those lesser known kinds are really really attractive because they're much cheaper. You don't have to outlay as much money. So then you can actually jump in and invest in it. So and also you have people who will diversify the portfolio so if bitcoin jumps we generally get the rest of the cryptocurrencies take off so the percentage gains on the smaller cryptocurrencies generally far outweighs the percentage gains on the likes of um, bitcoin which is which is much dearer as always in the same way that you would look to understand what a company is offering with crypto is really important to understand its use case um, because they're not all trying to be currency that, you know, they're not all trying to mimic Bitcoin or Ethereum, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, really important to understand the use case of these cryptos before you invest. Um, but great. Well, thanks very much, Henry, for uh, talking through those three topics, along with uh, some of your other thoughts for the week. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's podcast. You can learn more about the markets on Henry's weekly webinars, which you can find by going on to Google and typing eToro's Trading School. And uh, we look forward to chatting to everyone next week. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a lovely day.